0: there my name is david and i'm a recovering creative (laughs) this podcast is a safe space for the creative to be loved on a space outside of us being pitted against each other no needless comparison no imposter syndrome or having our value and worth determined by how much we earn or how much we don't it's healing it's empowering it's creative i use what i've learned in almost 20 years in poetry and music. 8 years as a broadcaster and 5 years as a family man to have conversations to inspire fellow creatives to keep creating from their authenticity. This is a David UK podcast and I'm glad you're here. Our creativity is not only an expression of how we see the world, but it's an extension of how we see ourselves in the world. That's why when someone disregards or does not acknowledge your creativity, your world honestly feels like it's crumbling. It's rocked. Today, I want us to look through a few things that make us as creatives give up on our creativity and how we can get that spark to create back. Welcome to the David AUK UK Podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to listen, subscribe, and even share the David AUK UK Podcast. Today, we're gonna be going deep. So what do you do? when you don't want to do what you were meant to do i know it sounds like a tongue twister but i want you to think about that if you look at your creative journey have you ever had moments of difficulty that have left you either rooted or stagnant i went to watch a five-year-old video by the illustrator christoph Niemann. this guy spoke about three things that creatives fear i'll play an excerpt from the video courtesy of 99u it's a YouTube channel that I saw that I'm going to be checking out a lot of. And I'll also put a link up in the description. So here, this guy who's an illustrator says something about arts versus sports that I found so interesting. Uh, before, before you listen to that, I just want to point out two parts that you will not be able to see. So you might hear people laughing, but I want to describe that to you. He just has a picture of a smiling face and a frowning face. smileys. One of them is sports and another one
1: is the arts. Listen to this. This is a cover I did for the New Yorker recently and this shows how I always thought the creative process would work. It's kind of, you try this, you try that, you try this and then ta-da, there's your solution. <laughs> Open a bottle of wine, to celebrate. Um, that's not how it works. It really it feels like this. Um, it's not nice but when you think about it, it's not that surprising either. And when you think of sports, when you try something really, really hard, this is what you're gonna look like. When you're at the edge of what you're capable of. If I was a coach and I would like see my athlete performing and they would look like this, I would be like, you're not really trying. <laughs> so why should it be any different in art? And sadly, <laughs> with any half decent thing that I've done in my life, I totally remember being absolutely grumpy while doing it. And even worse, every time I feel like jolly happy while working, I'm really, really suspicious <laughs> because I think that's not going to bode so well for the outcome. You know, so what's wrong with me here? Um, for the first 10 years of my career, I mostly worked in editorial. In the editorial, the deadlines are so insanely short and tight that you do not have the luxury to really kind of like embark in your creative self-pity. But uh, more recently, um, I've done uh, more self-generated projects where um, I have more time and I realized that it actually got worse when I thought it would get better. So I tried to think about it and I thought like, maybe that's the price we pay. How can it be that I have this great job and then I spend 90% of my time sitting at my desk feeling terrible? So the more I thought about that, I realized that a lot of the problems that I have have not so much to do with the actual problem in front of me, but it's more like a larger kind of generic fear. And that, that, that this fear actually separates in three grand themes.
0: That's just a little bit of what he's talking about. I'm gonna put up the link in the description. But Christoph mentions three things that we'll look at and, and I'll add a few more. I agree with him when he described the creative process as full of strain and to a large extent, I'm guilty of not looking at it that way. I'm one of those people who, you know, I want to create and and feel and enjoy and be like, oh my gosh, everything is right with the world here, here, this comes out from what is right with the world. It feels amazing, but that's just half of the process. That's just half of it. <laughs> so I am definitely part and parcel of that problem and I will change, I will change Christophe. We're used to creativity being seen as full of wonder and full of imagination, but the truth is before we experience those, we can easily go through the cycles of low self-esteem, doubt, excitement, blank pages, empty canvas, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, drown, or swim. It's as intense as it sounds. And that's why so many people get creative paralysis. So how do we push past all these limitations? I know for me, it is to embrace creative strain. Now, some people might ask, why, why do you want to do something so tedious? Can't you find something else that makes you happy? There are things that will make you happy, but before they do, they will stretch you. <laughs> the person who does exercise and hates it until they see the results and so on and so forth. I can give numerous examples, but people could ask, why, why are you still creating if it's something that stresses you? Unfortunately, with creativity, we don't show the entire process, just the end result. So people automatically think that the process must be joyful because enjoying the fruit of that labor, it looks sweet. The painting looks great on the canvas, but you don't see the sleepless nights. You know, the song sounds great, but you have no idea what the person went through to actually get that to you. The joy actually does come after the work and it's, it's hard. <laughs> it really is hard. But don't use up the deposit of the joy before you even start the work. So what are these things that Christoph described as creative fears? I want us to get into that. And as we go through them, I want us to do what I call creative mirroring and a little bit of backstory. What I call creative mirroring was born for me from a study that I was doing when I was doing two certificate courses on psychology and on counseling. When I was doing the certificate course in, in psychology uh, with a focus on stress and anxiety, and I wanted to help people navigate through that. So I was studying and I realized something that shocked me. Like I was frozen stiff. I can't even deny, I was, I I was shocked. I was studying this so as to help people only to see everything that I had been feeling be described very clearly under stress, anxiety, and depression. <laughs> Wait, those initials actually mean sad. Wow, I've just realized that right now. So while studying, I realized that these descriptions gave me the opportunity to name what I was feeling. And the power of a name is that you can deal with something now. In that moment, I ended up being like the person who goes to medical school, only to realize that you have checked in as a patient. (laughs) But it's helped me to identify and name issues for me to handle them. And this is what I want us to do. For wherever you are, if you can divide into three parts of a page, whether it's on your device or if it's on a pen and a paper, one part to be past me, P-A-S-T, the middle part to be present me, and the last part to be future me. We're gonna be using that today. Yay, assignments, woo! <laughs> and as we go along, I, I want you to ask yourself, was I always like this when I was younger? Could it be that this challenge goes deeper than I may have thought? So let's jump into it. If you have not gotten your device yet or a pen and a paper, you can pause and then continue when you get them. So fear number one that Christoph talked about, he said, the fear of thinking I'm not good enough. So, I started thinking to myself, when was the first time you didn't feel good enough? I want you to go there. Ask yourself those questions. Was it when you were a child? Was it when you were a teenager? What is the first feeling that comes to your mind right now when you look at it and you're like, I honestly didn't feel like I was good enough? Is it something you were told? Is it something you told yourself? Is it something you experienced? Was it internal? Was it external? And what is the solution to the thought, I am not good enough? The first thing is to distinguish if it is true or not. And I love what Christoph says. He says, practice is the great remedy to this question. Of course, I've paraphrased. So if it is true, it's not a bad thing that you're probably not good enough, especially if you want to improve. You know, the issue is that as creatives, we love our thoughts so much that when it comes out of our mind we translate them into creative works and then we find it hard to edit and critique them. It's as though everything that comes out of our minds and our hearts should live as is you know and I'm in a stage where I'm learning the beauty of having drafts and making edits and reworking ideas you know the reality of not being good enough is not a creative death sentence but an opportunity to become better and I'm realizing that you know it it took me a very long while to realize that and Trust me, I'm going to make so many positive changes because of that. And is there something you believe you are not good in? If so, do you want to improve on it or are you still caught in the emotional fight to protect the feelings that you have at the expense of your creativity? And yes, there are things that may have been said about your work that, let's be honest, should not have been said. But again, on this podcast, we are working to regain our power to create. So look at the past you. And ask did i not feel good enough when i was younger when i was growing and does that still affect me if it does what will i do to make the future me the creative that is living out their full potential fear number two and this is so relevant it's about irrelevance and money and the question of if i'm irrelevant it will affect my money and we all need money what do i do As a hip-hop artist, I have gone through this for a very long time and especially the brand of hip-hop that I love, I love neo-soul music, I love jazz music and I incorporate those elements together with poetry into hip-hop. I consider myself and I'm considered by a few people who have experienced my music as a lyricist and people say it is a very difficult time for lyricism in the world today. You know so people would ask those questions my brand of hip-hop was termed too deep you know it didn't get much airplay as much as was on radio my poetry too in depth and even put that aside with 2020 and what it has been people are losing jobs and you're probably even in a genre that is no longer being played if you're an artist and asking yourself should i conform and change myself or should i stay true or should i blend what should i do I think of the question, can you find what you can do for money and what you can do for your creativity? It's not, it's not an easy thing. Not at all. For me, that thing is voiceover. I use my voice to tell stories and that in turn translates to money so that I don't have to always conform to new trends for the sake of money, just for the sake of money, because I might like a new trend and I might want to get on it, but not for the sake of I need to be relevant, I need the money. And it's it's a difficult place to be because you have to identify what are my strengths and how can I utilize them in a way that will take care of my pockets without me feeling like I always have to juggle myself to be loved, to be affirmed, to be thrown here and there. Hi, see me, please play me because that affects the pocket. I know it's a difficult conversation. But if you can find the opportunity to try and look within the arsenal of your gifts and abilities and experience as well, and find what can i do for for money and what can i do to protect the integrity of of my creativity i was also asking are you willing to take creative risks are you too comfortable are you afraid to experiment you know experiment without thinking what will people think step out of the thought that tries to shackle you to people's opinion of your relevance or lack thereof at least first of all create and then look at what you've created after and if it sucks You can say, yeah, yeah, you are right, but how will you know if you don't create? Because if we're always afraid and too comfortable, and as a result, we're not doing, then our creative muscles will atrophy. And another thing that I was thinking about is, can you survive the long haul, the creative long haul, where you're doing something that you know the results will not be immediate, where you're building something that you know will take years, but the fruit of it will last and outlive you. You also spoke about, number three, afraid of not having ideas. You know, and ideas come from creating, guys. (laughs) You can't say, oh, I don't have ideas. When was the last time you tried something new? When was the last time you were not afraid of what will people think and you go and lock yourself up wherever you are and just try, just try? I want to add two more and... Number four is populism. There's something I say. I say that our work is to connect the dots. The problem is that we're too busy trying to show people that the dots exist. That's not our work. We are supposed to connect the dots, not be the people who are saying, guys, trust me, the dot exists, the dot exists. Show it, live it. Don't live a life always wanting that whole wave of populism to be your validation. You know, he spoke something really, really great. And I'll just paraphrase again, that a like on social media does not mean the work is good. And a dislike doesn't necessarily mean that the work is bad. When you have preference and opinion, especially when it's populist opinion. (laughs) I remember a picture that went round of a competition of drawing a dog and first place was a dog that was like practically stick figure and second place was a dog that was perfectly shaded and perfectly symmetrical okay i don't know if that's possible i'm just trying to find proper terms (laughs) and the disclaimer that was given was guys please this was chosen by public opinion (laughs) and i thought about it and i was like that is that is true public opinion does not always mean the right opinion So you have to get to the place of valuing your art, your creativity for yourself, regardless of what majority may decide to say, because today they may be with you, tomorrow they may not. Number five for me is feeding your passion. Are you a musician who doesn't listen to music that fuels you, or a painter who lost their inspiration because of bills, stress, fatigue? I came to realize, and I'm realizing this every single day, albeit a bit late, but better late than never, there's a healing that can come to us as creatives by what we feed on you can feed on things that inspire you in one area but they don't feed your passion like i can be so inspired about one area of let's say raising a family but then my love for poetry and music is not fed you know i was the type of poet who stopped reading poetry and that's something that had to change So I would suggest that you find something that feeds you and not something that takes away from you. Because we invest so much of our attention, our mind, our eyes, we give our eyeballs to every single place, but have you given them to what invests in you? That's something that I'd love you to actually look deep and try to find out. There are free online courses of studying will feed your creativity, watch videos, find something that reminds you of why you loved what you loved in the first place. And after you're done, here's the thing, here's the catch, challenge yourself. You're from feeding, exercise your abilities. Exercise the thing that has sparked your joy, your creativity, challenge yourself. Do something after your creativity has been poured into. Try something new, create, whatever it is that you do, don't just sit and say, ah, I've enjoyed that. Go out of your way and try something different. Try something new. In terms of the questions, that I've asked and that Christopher's asked about the things that you fear as a creative. If you can be honest with yourself, what is the last thing that brought doubt into your life as a creative? Did you confront it or did you agree with it? You know, those are the type of questions that I have to ask myself constantly, constantly. And it's not going to get easier, especially because you understand the value of what you have when you understand the value of who you are as a person and what you have inside then you realize that some of those things are worth fighting for now for the assignment for everything mentioned i want us to look at them on the part that says i'm not good enough on your past self present self and future self ask yourself was i always like this am i still this way and what will i change to alter my future on the part of i'm afraid of irrelevance and that i'll not make money i want you to go back just Think about it. Was money always a fear when you were younger? When you were a teenager? How has that affected you? Also, are you driven more by wanting to be relevant or wanting to create from an authentic place? It's something that not many people get. So honestly, if you have the experience of dealing with these type of questions as a creative, we'd love your input. I'd even love to have you on the show so that we can glean a lot of that healing and a lot of that wisdom. the part of being afraid of not having ideas. Hands up, if you were that kid who used to put their hand up in class, or hands up, (laughs) if you were that kid that dreaded putting your hands up in class. Did you feel confident in your ideas when you were younger? Like, how does that look now at your workplace? Are you the last person who would even want to give feedback or opinion in your school, in your family? How does that look like? Do you still doubt that you have brilliant ideas or even good ideas? or just ideas that are beneficial. But sometimes it's not about having the grandest ideas, it's just knowing that you have something to contribute. Also just to ask yourself, did you get hurt when your ideas are not picked? And how will you change these to ensure you live a life that is not bound by fear? On popularity, ooh, are you waiting to be famous to reveal yourself to the world? You know people often say that whole thing for you're not going to be fully accepted until you become famous and then everybody's going to say i always knew it i loved them i was with them when we were in our diapers oh i remember those days that's just how people are but are you going to wait to be famous to finally reveal who you are to the world or are you going to do the long work of ensuring that you build yourself your self-esteem your belief in yourself so that by the time the spotlight is on you, it finds you at a place where the spotlight simply came to the person. The spotlight didn't make the person, you know. And lastly, on feeding your passion. Did you have the opportunity to do so when you were younger? Did you read the books? Did you play the music? Did you play the football? Did you get the arts? Or was that denied you? How do you feel when it comes to that? Do you feel like it's too late? Which it never is, by the way. And what were you passionate about that you can try and revisit so as to heal your present self, to establish your future? These are critical questions and that's why I wanted to do this episode today because I was going deep into that space and I said, why don't I take what I feel is strengthening me as a creative and share this with you? I know it's been a bombardment of questions, but I do hope that these questions are beneficial for you and for the people that you love who are in this creative sector or in this creative industry. I would love that if today was meaningful to you in any way, you share this episode and also share your feedback with me. You can do that via sending a message on the podcast platform that you're streaming from or you can also do the very same thing by sending me an email on the David UK podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for spending some time with me on the David UK Podcast. Many questions, many answers, they're all meant to make us recover our creativity. See you on the next episode.